Route Zero is a game about the American dream turned sour. It's about labor and economic hardship, physical and emotional suffering, but it's also about hope and kinship. The road is hard and true joy is often chased by debt and loss. As a five-act experience, the game's stunning design and meandering prose is as beautiful as it is haunting. After seven years in development, it's strange looking back at how much America and the rest of the world has changed. But more so, how it really hasn't. Episodes released in 2014 and 2016 feel especially resonant now, nearly a half decade later. So climb aboard our antique moving truck and join us as we go down the zero. and welcome to SDGC After Hours. Uh, this episode is going to be focused around discussing Kentucky Route Zero, um, the narrative adventure game that has been uh, releasing episodes over the past seven years. Um, it's finally complete, and it is out on consoles, and we are going to be discussing it today. I am Justin, and I am joined by Zach. How are you doing, Zach? Hey, I'm good. It's, it's bright and early and excited to be recording this. I'm happy to be here. And Maddie, how are you doing, Maddie? Hello, pretty good. Very excited to finally talk about this game. <laughs> yeah, so th this game is a really fascinating game. We're going to try to keep spoilers light because kind of the nature of the game is based on a lot of surprise and confusion and stuff. Um, but we're not going to try to get let that get in the way of our discussion. So there will probably be some mild spoilers, but we're going to try to keep it as um, spoiler-free as possible. Um, because all of us, I think, really enjoyed this game and want you guys to experience it uh, as fresh as we did. So I guess, yeah, like, like you were saying, Justin, I think that the biggest thing that we can we can say for people who uh, are worried about spoilers is that we will absolutely be avoiding late game uh, stuff. And if we spoil anything, it will be like the first couple hours set up. Um, so it shouldn't it shouldn't be too spoilery. Zach, do you kind of want to take us through like some of the basic? narrative setup of this game yeah sure so so starting from the very beginning uh you play as a man named conway who is an antique delivery man uh who works for uh, a woman named lisette who runs an antique shop uh and he drives around uh parts of rural kentucky and delivers orders for people um but uh this game actually takes place during his final delivery uh he is trying to find a a one five dogwood drive uh and he's going across countryside and he's stopping to ask for directions because he can't find dogwood drive right isn't that like the the basic how how the whole adventure really gets kicked off yeah yeah it starts with him just stopping at a gas station to ask for directions right and i feel like that first 10 minutes is like really what sets up the whole series where uh the guy asks you to go downstairs and use his computer and when you're down there like you stumble on some people playing D D, uh and they've or, or a version of D, &D they've lost the dice and you happen to find it when you go to bring it back they're gone and like that level of like uh i, I don't know it's like mystery it just um it really sets up the rest of the game for me. Yeah, it's like immediately weird and like just something's like a little bit off, but you don't really know why or what. It just like there's one part uh, in episode one where you're talking to a character and they say, you know, 
we're the same age. Well, we were, but now she's older. Like, stuff like that, like, constantly pops up. And it just gives you this, like, the chills a little bit. And, like, you know things it's just... Very much, it's very much Twin Peaks at, like, it, like, it's Twin Peaks without being, like, like, I don't think it borders on creepy as often as Twin Peaks does, but it's just it's just kind of like the surrealist kind of yeah. atmosphere that kind of, yeah, drips in. And, like, and it's got really, really good, a lot of, I mean, honestly, most of it is actually the character work. The, the setting obviously has some fantasy to it, too, but just so many of the characters are stand are standouts for me. Uh, it, it's really great. But I think we should tell people how this game plays, because it actually plays really differently, uh, in my opinion, uh, on consoles compared to PC. So on console, uh, it's it's a game where you just use the sticks to move your character around. Uh, but Maddie, you played on PC, right? Yep. Which is uh, a very different way to play, right? Yeah, like it's more point and click. Um, which like I think that that genre like can kind of scare people off because you you think start to think it's like all granular puzzles and like pushing things together until it works. People um, expect, like, the old-school, uh, like, Disney point-and-click from, like, the, the early 90s, right? Yeah, like Grim Fandango-type stuff. But it's a lot more... It's more interested in delivering the story. So you just kind of, like, walk into a general area, and a little icon will pop up that is your next, uh, next like, story drop. Um, but when you click to move, it, like, drops this little ghost horseshoe. It's just such a cool little animation. Like, the... the um, the stake goes in the ground and the horseshoe goes on it and it and, like, spins, spins around. around. It. It's, it's so really good. It's really satisfying. Huh. Yeah. Because there, there is like the point and click kind of thing. Like if the icons are on screen, you can select them with the right stick and then they'll just walk to it when you select it. But they don't have that little animation. That's interesting. For me, it actually reminded me a lot of visual novels. Um, and like even more so than like the ones I've played like because a lot of ones that i've played have come from japan this felt like a very american visual novel um like even just the prose and the way everything is written felt like reading a book to me um and you know it's it's a really unique blend of like that kind of classic adventure game without the same kind of level of complexity with puzzles um and a visual novel and I, i really enjoyed it yeah, well, and that's the thing is like I I feel like the way the the gameplay intersects um, with the narrative is is so unique in this game. I mean, like you said, it it does feel like a visual novel. Like you could see a version of this game that would work uh, in Twine if yeah. you really wanted it to. Um, but but I also think that the writing is is so standout for the genre. I mean, honestly, it's probably some of my favorite writing in any indie game in recent years. And and I hope that's not recency bias. It's just. Um, like we said, it, it it's kind of it's kind of this magical surrealism mixed with like Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, uh, it, it's just this really really unique way of, um, you know, it's it's interesting. They don't actually talk about that much about uh, the economy. Really, they just talk about the ways in which people are down and out. It's 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 less interested in how the country got there and more interested into like so what do people do when they have nothing? Yeah, um, it's yeah. yeah. They're not like these characters aren't going to like find the cause of this and set it right. It's just like this is where we are because of it. This is how normal people live now. Like, and how are we gonna navigate our way through it? Um, and I think right. the the way the the dialogue system works is really interesting and like and plays 
with the idea of these people like working their way through it because you know oh, it's so cool the dialogue system is so cool i could probably talk about that for like almost an entire episode yeah you're like you're not controlling one character you're not controlling just conway he like slowly picks up a party at like as you go of like um shannon and ezra and like multiple other people and like as they join the party you you'll kind of like seamlessly shift perspective to them and like even in conversations you're writing both sides of the conversation at times so you'll and also at the same time defining these characters interiority in a way that like i I think a lot of games are more interested in their dialogue choices being like how does this reflect on like the actions i'm taking or is this is more like who is this person Um, but it it also it also has a really cool way of of using that system to kind of share knowledge both with like you know so characters know each other a little bit better but also for you the player right Mm -hmm. so you don't like you don't immediately know what's happening in the world and like what does america look like because really again the game starts with you at a gas station um and like there's some vibes that things aren't quite right and and that uh things aren't going so well but like as you pick up more party members, you learn more about uh, this power company that has basically uh, a giant monopoly across the entire country. And then what happens when that power company decides it doesn't need to be in an area anymore? What What is the aftermath of that? And the, the way that individual characters kind of show the rippling effect of that, it, it feels, I don't know, it's just a really, really interesting way of like having a dialogue system that is for character building, but also for, it's almost like it a codex for players at, in, at times i don't know it's it's compelling and another thing that i thought was really cool is that like instead of just having a menu where you like defined you know past characteristics or something for your character like sometimes the dialogue options even shape their past it's not just like a dialogue option impacts the future and flow of the conversation it actually changes the past and the backstory of the characters so like there's times where somebody asks a question to a character and then you get like multiple choices to answer and they're wildly different um i mean an early the earliest example is one of the very first ones is uh you're asked what your dog's name is and uh you're given options and like those decide whether the dog is male or female um, and then what? They, what did you name your dogs? By the way, this is my, crucial. My, my dog's name was Homer. He was a good. He was a good boy. I, I did not I name my blue. dog. You didn't name your dog? No, I, I, I don't know that dog. That dog is just its own, its own dog. I'm just letting wow. it live. And I chose blue, so I guess we went with all three. Options. All three options, yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's really cool. And like, there's definitely times where I did. You you kind of have just this. You have to go with your gut decision like it's not just you're like okay if i do this then the world is going to respond like this like i kind of got myself into role playing as each of the characters and sometimes the choice that i would have made was different than what i felt the character would make and like that i think is just so emblematic of how good the writing is in this game where i could put myself into entirely different headspace like even within the same conversation as it switches between characters. Well, and and I think what really makes that work, Justin, is exactly what you said, which is like, instead of choosing actively, I mean, there are little moments where you can choose to go like, do you want to go with this group of friends or this group of friends? Oh yeah. Yeah. More often than not, 
but more often than not, it's really just like, so how did you, how, like, it was like, so how did this part of your life go for you? And you can kind of make these little selections. Um, and I think that's why it makes the game feel so different from things like Telltale, where, like, you don't actively feel like you're making a decision where someone, where so-and-so will remember this. It's more like um, you're informing how you got to a place. And I don't, I don't know. I just think player choice is so different here. Yeah, it's so hard to pinpoint any moment in this game where I'm like, oh, that choice that I made led to this choice down the road. Like, it, it never feels like you're choosing branching paths or anything um, like you were, would in a Telltale game. The, the characters are so real and human. Like, even in this surrealistic world, like, there are so many parts of these people's stories that feel like bits of stories that I've heard from people going around. Like... They're all down in their luck in different ways. Um, they all have different ways of dealing with it. They all have different personalities. Like, each one feels very complex, very human, and, like, is really endearing in their own way. And very quickly endearing as well. Yeah, there's a great line um, in one of the later ones um, where you're, you're talking with a gas station attendant. And you can ask him, like, do you, do you like the company of strangers? And he's like, yeah, and I think, like, they like your company, too. Um, and like the best moments in this game are where you just come across a stranger and like have a very like real feeling conversation with them about like what's going on in their life or like your past and their past and like how they kind of mesh together. It's just really like really interesting in a way that like I've, I've never seen a game have writing like that before. Yeah. And I, but I also think like what really elevates that too, Maddie is like, in addition to talking with strangers, uh, the way this game also features, uh, uh, and this isn't really a spoiler, it's it's very early setup, but, like, the game also features spirits and ghosts and also just vibes uh, that you can kind of pick up on yeah. as a player where, like, there will just, you, you'll just feel a presence there. And it's never meant to be scary, it's just you can feel, and I think that this is, I, I think it really lends itself to, like, the Depression-era feeling of, of being in a, a former, you know, industrial factory or, or coal mine where, like, you can feel that someone has been there before and you can feel what their life was like. And it's just interesting to move through a space where um, it's it's sad, but it's not... I don't know. I, I, guess, I guess this is like a crucial thing that I want to touch on with you guys, which is just the ways in which this game managed to be sad without it being... Um, it's not oppressive. It's not oppressive sadness. Like, it's just real. And, like, some of the stuff... Um, you know, actually reminded me of when I was growing up, you know, I live in the Rochester, New York area and Kodak, um, was based here. The economy was booming for a long time up until, you know, when all of a sudden Kodak pulled out and the economy is still, you know, not great here because of that. Um, almost 20 years later. And I remember like as a kid, all these places that used to be like booming centers of industry for the town for, for the city um, were just empty. And like so much of that is in this game and I have never seen it like reflected in a game the way it has been in this, which is really, really fascinating stuff. I also think like the way that individual characters tell, I, I mean, I kind of hit on this earlier, but the way that individual stories tell what their lived experiences are because of this world is, is so crucial. Do you guys have favorite characters or, or favorite lenses into the world? 
Um, I like Shannon a lot. Um, I just always liked her take on things. And, you know, the way I played her, sometimes, you know, a lot of times she would talk to people and then just kind of want to, you know, get some air and kind of be with herself for a second while still, you know, caring and being invested in, um, you know, the other characters and stuff. And I just found that really relatable. I liked her a lot. Well, but I also loved one of the cool things about Shannon, right, was, like, what her job is, which is, like, repairing relics of the past. She's a she's a TV repair person. Yeah, like, but she, like, like old CRT TVs, VCRs, radios, stuff like that. Right. Like, her job is literally uh, a repair person for outdated technology. Like, there's just, there's just so many of, like, these little nods to, like, both... Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it, the thing is, okay, the game's been out since 2013, so, like, a lot of this game was written and framed around the recovery from the 2008 financial collapse, and so, like, there's just there's just these little moments of, of I don't know, reliving that feeling, um, I don't know, of, of that time. I don't know. She just, she feels, she, more than any of the characters, feels like a character uh, that's a direct reaction to that period of time, right? It's just a really you know, mature, dense human story that I I was just floored with. I loved it. Maddie, do you have a character that, that really resonated for you? Um, I don't I don't know if there's like one specific character so much as there's like aspects of various characters. Um I I really like Conway just because he he has like this resignation to it all because he's he's like how old would you say he is? Like 50, 60? Yeah. Yeah, and he's like around. been yeah he's like been through the ringer and has been just like working these really labor intensive jobs for his whole life and he's kind of like given in given up and like given into the system and he just like has no no desire to fight back um i think the the place his story goes is really interesting and like sad um and i i also kind of like can identify with that like resignation or just like well what am i even gonna do like i I have no agency in this at all um but i also really like uh junebug and johnny and their relationship and like the the ways you can take that that's one of the few relationships i felt like the choices i was making were like having an effect on where the story was going um and well and and who who junebug and johnny are as as beings is also unique right yeah i didn't realize for like i don't, I don't know if we want to say um but i didn't realize the nature of their lives for like three hours after i met them and like that's one of those things that's not explicitly stated you kind of have to listen to audio cues by the way the sound design in this game is incredible um I want to throw that in there because I, I play the whole game with headphones. I always play games with headphones. And, like, there's times where you're, like, inside a built like, a building with a tin roof and it's raining. And, like, the audio mix is so immersive for that kind of situation. And, like, you know, Johnny and Junebug have a very key, um, very key audio cue about them. Uh, yeah as people and then uh i know we haven't mentioned it yet but the music is outstanding like pretty much every episode has a moment where there is like a lyric track um 
And it's just kind of like a pondering moment with this music in the background. And all of those hit me so hard. Uh, what did you guys think? Because I know you guys love that sort of the, thing as well. The, the last two were like destroyed me. The last one in particular. Oh we my god, the, la- the last one, I was a mess. <laughs> Dude, I was like already, funnily enough, because of things that this game deals with not having a great day that day and i was like rushing to get that episode done because we were going to record on wednesday night ended up not thank god because i was wiping snot off my face for the rest of the night because i was like bawling at that last scene and like uh sally asked me like well how did the game end and like was trying to explain without choking up and then i was like i don't know why it like i don't know why i feel this way <laughs> it was such a weird feeling um well that's like but like that's why this game is so good and, and i'll keep it light because i don't want to i don't want to spoil it but like i think what's so effective about this game is that like in the whole thing i would say the whole game like, is about 8 to 10 hours depending on if you play the interludes uh and it's a game that's like sad 90% of the time um, but when it hits hope, it hits hope in a way that doesn't feel like, uh, an obligation. I think a lot of times when a something sad ends in a happy way, it's because they're like, well, they have to give it to you because you've just like gone through this. But like the way this game hits hope, uh, is like in a really subtle way. And it's not even profound hope. It is like, well, we're just going to keep going. Yeah. And it's I like little that, like, hope. Right, and and I think that that is is what makes these moments with music hit so hard. They're not always hopeful, but they just feel, um, I don't know, like they're they're not trying to be big set pieces, despite them being a lyric track and that being kind of a unique thing. They just feel like they're undertone, but they are also every time there's a uh, a lyric track in the game, it's something happening in world. It's not like it, you know, it's not like some games where it'll just play over and it's just kind of happening with what's going on. It's like no, like somebody is playing an instrument in front of you. Yeah, like it's all it's all diegetic stuff. Like there's there's like backing tracks that are like very chill synth, but like even those they're very restrained on. So when they kick in, like you feel it. Right. Exactly. And I guess, okay, I just want to hit on my favorite thing. I, okay, so I loved Conway, too, and I, and I also just really wanted to say, like, Maddie, I think your point about, um, or I think it's interesting the way you pointed out uh, um, uh, Junebug and, and Johnny and then how they kind of juxtapose against Conway because, I to me, I read them as, so. and I think, okay, sorry, I'm excited. Um, this game can be dense because it is often literal, and metaphorical and sometimes it will shift back and forth between those two uh, uh ways of writing and describing the world uh between sentences and so sometimes it's like so so we're kind of dancing around Junebug and johnny's backstory because it's really hard to tell when the game is being literal and when the game is being a metaphorical and so sometimes if you're like oh no 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 okay so you were being okay it, you know it just takes a little while to unpack it but i do think uh the way Junebug and johnny are juxtaposed against conway again Junebug and Johnny are probably our age, you know, uh, mid to late 20s, and then uh, Conway, you know, towards the end of his working years. Um, and the way that they see labor and duty is so different. Uh, I think that Conway represents uh, older uh, uh, generations there. The way they're like, yeah, the system is fucked, but what am I going to do? So I'm just going to keep grinding. Um, and then the way you see Junebug and Johnny kind of reject that or still still suffering through the system but finding small ways to uh, have expression and, and kind of resist that uh, is just so different. 
Um, I don't know. Like those characters don't even interact that often, despite being in the same party. But I just feel like they're they're very opposite reactions to the same issues. Yeah. One other character that we didn't mention that I love is Ezra and yes. his big brother Julian. Um, yeah, I, I don't big, know. Big brother. <laughs> yeah, and I like the way that Ezra's Ezra interacts with Junebug and Johnny. I don't know. Without spoiling, did you guys like make them be close? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, me too. I, I was. I was like. Like, it was one of those things where I'm like, I could make this go really sad, or I could make it, you know, a nice, nice moment I couldn't resist. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all about finding those those small hopes, yeah. And, like, it, the thing is, like, a, with a lot of these character, ac- character actions and, like, some of these small moments, like, they felt very realistic, whereas, like, sometimes the profound moments in your life aren't these big things they're just quiet moments that you spend with a friend um and like there's so much of that throughout this game uh there's parts where you're just on a boat with another character chatting (laughs) or reading facts about bats (laughs) Um, or there's like even a sequence with ezra and i think it's shannon right and they're like they're both picking uh, mushrooms, right? I don't, like, and it's just a like, quiet, quiet moment. Yeah. But like, they, it's cool because this is a, this is a cool intersection of quiet moments and then the way the dialogue system works, where you are like you are in addition to picking their dialogue, you're also picking what they're doing at the same time on the same part of the screen, and so you're actively trying to. So Ezra doesn't know which mushrooms are safe to pick. So she, uh, Shannon describes them, and Ezra tries to go find them. You're trying to do this all at once, uh, and uh, I don't know. Like, there's just this way where like. Uh, pick this one but show it to shannon i don't know like there's just these really interesting small moments where like there's a 10 minute scene where you're just picking fucking mushrooms and somehow it's not boring um it it just works yeah um um i do before we kind of wrap up because i I know we've been gushing about this game quite a bit i do want to you know talk about my one criticism with the game um and that is the interludes um and i think that's just kind of it's more of an issue with, you know, playing an episodic game when it's entirely out versus, you know, as it goes on. Because like we, like we mentioned, these these episodes were released over years. So the interludes were probably really cool, um, you know, if you played them as they came out. Um, and they're definitely a lot more... I mean, we talk about this game, it's fairly experimental. But, like, they're definitely more experimental and, like, stand out a bit more um, from you know, what the core game is. Uh, But one of them in particular, the second one, is like an hour long. And if you're playing it, like, while you go through, it just feels like it's delaying your ability to continue the story by a lot. Like, it's a cool concept, but it goes on for so long. And it's kind of dull until the very end. Um it provides like and it's not really integral to the core story either it's just kind of some extra context and lore uh delivered in an interesting way um so i i would keep that in mind if you go to play this you know all in one go um i do think you know the other three are quite cool and i liked them a lot but again they did feel like they were kind of splitting up my progress with the main story and they weren't you know core to the experience 
Well, and I, I think like that's just part partly uh, one of the challenges of wrapping up a seven-year-long story. Yeah. Like, these interludes were originally designed uh, in a way so that way when they needed to take three years to make a new act, uh, there was something for the audience to play that where they can feel like they're still feeding the audience and not letting like the the interest fade. But obviously, like you're saying, like the core story is so compelling, and I think especially um, the way that acts end, they're not really cliffhangers, but like they always are like, oh shit. Uh, and then to, to break that momentum entirely with like an hour-long sequence, like you're saying, that is kind of dry, just, um, you know, c- kind of kind of can, can break it. I So I played this game for the first time, all five acts. I played them all this year, but I did not play any of the interludes because I didn't know they existed. Uh, Maddie, I, I know you said you've had this game for a lot of years. Have you played any of it before uh, this review period? No, because I was waiting for it to all be out because I, I had heard people waiting like three years for each episode. And I was like, I am not doing that. Um, so I played it all within the last week or two. Um, and I didn't play the interludes because the PC version didn't have them until Yeah, you had to go to the browser, Tuesday. I think. Yeah, and like one of them you could play on the phone by calling their hotline, um, which is weird. Uh, oh, that's really cool. Okay, that one was actually one of my favorite ones, and that's really cool if you could Did do you have to the call the phone. number? Yeah. Like, oh, that's but really it's, cool. it's an in-game phone. With, like recordings and stuff so that's really cool that you can do it over the actual phone i didn't know that i want to say i heard that one of them you can play in vr but i don't know how true that is i think i think they said the third one it was like vr compatible or something uh Uh, it would probably be the second one uh the long one um okay but i guess but my guess but like uh in the console version it's just integrated into it so basically like after you finish an act, like you can choose which one to play, but it it like highlights the interludes between each act. Yeah, they're in the PC version now, yep. um, as of Tuesday. Right. Well, but I I think like what you're touching on, where like one of them you can actually call a phone number, or one of them potentially being in VR. Also, some of that bleeds over into uh, the core acts of the game. Obviously, there's nothing that's that big of a departure, but. Uh, I do feel like, even though I played it all this year, like I feel like between acts, you can see the ways that they are getting better at utilizing their own art style. Each act is still beautiful. The The first act still has some really cool visual set pieces. But I also think, undeniably, uh, the visual, uh, uh, both the fidelity, but also like the execution on concepts is so much higher in the later acts because they've just gotten better as developers. So like the yeah. set pieces are just more in depth and, and there's more to them it's i don't know it's also just like a really cool meditation and seeing somebody get really good at their craft yeah like because the writing is strong the whole time but like the pacing and delivery of everything imp- Im- improves with each act like i think um like act two can kind of drag for a little while till the like last like 15 20 minutes or so um but like after that like you can see that they completely nail the type of flow that they want to get and it's really cool (laughs) right so guys i think we should start to wrap up here but i guess i just want to say um can you kind of summarize how you feel about this game i know we've both we've we've all said something really positive about it but um how's the game leave you feeling um i don't know i guess i just i just want to i want to hear your tweet length uh, uh resolution on how you feel after playing through the game Man, that's really hard. Like, it's such a hard game to summarize in brief terms. All right, I won't, make you, I, I won't uh, make you do a tweet length. Okay. Uh, 
I don't know. It leaves me feeling very, like, sad about, sad and frustrated about, like, uh, where we are as, like, a country and just as, like, our our economy, the big cigar quotes economy. Um, but, like, also very hopeful because I know other people are going through this, too, and, like, other people have are having the same experiences and i think this game is really good at showing you that like you're not in this alone like this is a, a almost universal experience um and also just like hopeful about the medium like i think this is like one of the first games that in a long time has made me be like oh my god that you can do like amazing stories and writing uh with games um also weirdly made me want to go read a book uh <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's just, like, it's a strangely, like, made me feel very good um, for being a sad game. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I know for me it was such a cathartic experience. Um, you know, a lot of this game does deal with, like, debt and poverty and stuff like that. And I am currently unemployed while playing it. So, like, on top of the stuff that reminded me, you know, with growing up, you know, it hit close to home for where I am at this very moment um but yeah it's was really hopeful and cathartic and just just brilliant and it made me want to you know hone my writing better like it like it was one of those things that just it's a great picture of the type of feelings I want to invoke in my work if I ever get a chance to you know put it out there um it would just play this game <laughs> play this game like um i know it's probably going to be slow for a lot of people but like if you're somebody that really does care about writing and like thematics and character building in this in this um medium i think this is like required playing like it feels like a literary entry into uh this medium that i think a lot of people are really gonna appreciate yeah. One, one other thing I wanted to touch on real quick is um, the, the way they do the way they deal with like um, medical bills and debt surrounding that, I think, is really good. Like as someone who's dealt with that stuff in a major way for over half my life, like it nails the feeling of being in a doctor's office, knowing something's seriously wrong with you and being like, can you tell me how much this is going to cost? And then be like, mm, no, like starting, starting doing the work that you know you're going to get charged for and being like desperate to get a quote and then, then just being like, well, you got to do it. You, like, and you know, you got to do what you got to do. Like they nail that feeling really, really well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I Z- guess Zach, that's... you got to give your, got to give your final pitch. Sure. I, I think, uh, Kentucky Route Zero, like Maddie said, is like, I still think at its core is about um, hope and, and like resilience. Um, I think that it's a cool way. I shouldn't say cool. Uh, it's an interesting meditation on what people do when there's very little left. Um, it, it is what do you do with pieces of scrap and what's the most useful thing you can do with them? And what does it mean for something to be useful? <laughs> Which I know is like a really meandering way of getting about it, but I, I think this is like a game about... Um, people who feel outdated, people who feel 
neglected, people who feel rejected, and what happens when disenfranchised people get together. What does disenfranchisement look like? Um, you know, like like Justin said, there are times where I wish the game um, had a little more focus or, like, this game is not afraid to do something and make you be like, wait, 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 what? Like, I need resolution. Like, this game does not always give you resolution. Not every character that you bond with um, will will um, have a concrete resolution by the end of the game. This is a game that is comfortable letting you um, know that... I, I, guess, I guess it's this. The game ends on a hopeful note, but not everyone gets to enjoy it. Um... And that fucking sucks, but also that's the system that we live in. Like, the system that we live in is broken, but it's working for some people, and that's probably why it's not going to change. Um, Kentucky Route Zero is a game that encapsulates how I think a lot of people uh, in the 21st century feel, um, you know, left behind. Uh, it's, it's a good game. Uh, it's $25. It's on... PlayStation, Xbox, PC, and Nintendo Switch. Um, I, I think that I can speak for all of us when I say uh, it's definitely something worth checking out if uh, if indie games and narrative uh, are, are big uh, for you. That's all I got. Yeah. Fuck it. Justin, <laughs> wrap this shit up. Uh... Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Uh, all three of us really loved Kentucky Route Zero. Um, I want to extend a personal thank you to Annapurna Interactive for providing us with uh, review code. It means a lot to our show <laughs> to be able to get coverage out. And uh, just a reminder, our show, our weekly live show is every Thursday at 9 p.m. EST, um, where we talk about the week's news and gaming. Uh, we also try to do after hours like this um, on occasion so we can talk about specific topics, games, um, things like that. Um, you can find us on Discord, Twitter, and Patreon. 